As Hypia's industry is, growing an online business is not all roses and unicorn. Actually, it's quite a roller coaster. Sometimes your business will grow really fast and it will be exciting to see it all click together. But we're not talking about these times today. Today, we're talking about the other times. And the times when, despite your best effort, you feel like everything's falling apart. What's the one thing that could save you from going bankrupt? What should you do? What's the biggest mistake to avoid? What's the one thing that could save you from going bankrupt? That's what we're talking about in today's episode. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you like the cringy intro from last week. So this time we're not going to do it. Mark is on the podcast with me. I'm not going to do the intro. I saved him. He had double ration last week. So I feel like you don't deserve this, Mark. So sorry about that. I want to say, as we promised, today is the first time we're filming the podcast. It's honestly, I feel like we're filming with duct tape at this point, like the, the program we're using to record, etc. I'm not 100% sure we'll keep using this in the future, but let's see how this goes. Uh, I think it's actually something that you need to take on board as well is like when you want to make progress with your site with your business etc you want to do these things there's all these projects but it, there's often these big barriers or it feels very complicated i think oftentimes the trick is just to start and to do something and if you manage to do it kind of okay and then just improve by one percent every time you do it eventually you become good at it i mean the first time we did a podcast it was terrible now it's only bad so I think, you know, there's progress and that's something you can apply as well to what you're doing. But today, that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about plateaus and decline. And honestly, we've had a lot of these with Mark. Actually, since you're the, the best storyteller on this podcast, Mark, I think you, you can pick one of these and tell people what happened to us. I would say the, the most kind of impactful story of, of decline was probably our agency business when we originally were doing a lot of gray hat link building. Then when the first penguin update rolled around in, I believe it was 2012, uh, we had a number of clients. In fact, most of our clients got, got hit by this, this penalty. And yeah, just suddenly all our growth evaporated. We started losing clients left, right, and center. And yeah, we'd sort of built our business I guess on the assumption that we were going to grow forever because we didn't think anything could stop us, which was, you know, in hindsight, a little misguided. And so that kind of led to a period of decline where we had to sort of really struggle to make money and to recover lost clients and to, to kind of get back even to where we were before that happened. So, yeah, I mean, that taught us a lot about how to I can handle feel the it. pain when you say it, you know? <laughs> oh yeah it still haunts my nightmares no i mean it was bad at the time and it sucked at the time and we we probably felt like the world was falling apart but i think we learned a hell of a lot from that and from the whole adventure of of that business in general and as we've launched authority hacker and you know the other sites in, in our portfolio over the last five years we've really kind of understood that kind of a little bit better that there, there can be decline there can be plateaus and our business is, is just so robust. Like I feel like we can we could handle anything right now in terms of the clients and stuff. So yeah, that's kind of our, our first major one. We've had others as well. So a site we were working on, Health Ambition, that basically got hit by the medic update last year in August. We talked about that quite a lot in the podcast in, in December of 2018. 
So if you want to learn more about that, go and check those episodes. But basically, we'd stopped working on the site by, by this point when the, the update hit. And yeah, Google changed a bunch of things and the site went down, the rankings. Most so sites then, in the industry, like 95% of sites went down and 5% went up, you know? Yep. And then just a few of them went went up, as you said. That was kind of a different side of decline that we had to deal with because it was it didn't really impact our bottom line much because the site was quite a small one. I mean, revenue-wise, at least, compared to well, Authority Hacker itself, for example. But that was more a kind of like PR decline we had to had to deal with because you know there's the oh you know your site went down therefore everything you say is invalid forever SEO is dead crowd and you know I can understand to an extent why why someone would would say that but that's kind of another side of decline you, you have to think of like what's your next move there and then there was another one which is it wasn't really a decline but no it was coming though not a decline but plateau was coming. Yeah, yeah. So our experience with with working in not just authority sites, but any business is you'll go through periods of tremendous growth and then periods of plateaus, sometimes declines as well. But and it's really dealing with these plateaus, grinding it out and figuring out how to get up to the next plateau that sets aside the the winners from the losers, really. And the main thing, though, with, with dealing with plateaus like that is that it can take a lot of time out of other things you are doing to kind of put the effort in to grind out, to like figure out what you need to do to get to the next thing. And that like testing experimentation uh, phase, is, it's really, really time intensive. So we had a, a case where the, the site we were selling, um, we ended up selling the site in, in January of this year. There's a case study of that on our, on our site on authorityhacker.com. So we kind of like felt we were getting into that next plateau phase. Uh, and we're looking at the people who were like one level up above us. But they were a lot above us, yeah. What are they doing and how do we get there? And the answer is they're doing a lot more than us and we need to do a lot of things to get there and, and really invest a lot of time and money into the site to get there. And for us, it just wasn't that that time money equation at that time wasn't worth it. And so that was a big part of the reason why we decided to sell it at that point. So whatever you're doing in business, whatever kind of business you're running, especially if it's some kind of authority site, you're going to have to deal with these sort of plateaus and declines and and whatnot at some point. It happens to absolutely everyone. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't be ashamed of it. I know everyone likes to say, shout to the... The rooftops when times are good, but not many people really talk about declines or plateaus because it's it's not cool or just kind of an ego thing, I guess, as well. Yeah, it don't look cool to that meetup you're going to where like people all brag and double the numbers they actually sure. make. You know, I mean that's kind of why we wanted to put this podcast together today is to kind of like actually give some real insight into what these things look like, feel like, and how to handle them really. Yeah, and honestly, it happens to everyone. I don't care what, what anyone says. You know, there's also this guy, like you go to these meetups and I kind of like put people in categories, right? When you meet people in real life and you, you always have this guy that's like, that always has a new project that's going to be amazing, you know? And usually that means that this guy's previous project declined so much, he had to abandon it, basically. It's just like a lot of people will frame this, try to frame it in a positive way when they talk about this publicly, but the truth is... A lot of projects don't work out. And if all projects worked out, then why would anyone get a job? That's kind of the whole point of that thing. There is some legitimacy to that because like, I, I hate people who are always kind of negative about ideas. And it's, it's quite important, especially in the early days of a business, to have just a bit of like wild positivity in there. But 
as you said, that's not to say that there you shouldn't really like appreciate and learn from and even share some of the the negative sides of, of business. I think when things go wrong and when things go down, especially, that's probably where we learn the most. Yeah, I'm okay with it, to be honest. I know we'll have other downs and we'll have other ups and, and that's okay, to be honest. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to split this podcast into three main categories on how to deal with stagnation and how to deal with declines in three times. First, when things are going well. Second, when things are essentially stagnant, where like you feel like you're walking, but nothing's happening. And third, when things are actually going down to hell and like what to do. And I think... It's important because actually preparing for decline or preparing for just plateaus is something that is best done when things are growing because you have the momentum on your side. You also have the mental on your side. You have this positivity, this energy that you will struggle to find in these times of decline. It's not always easy. And so I think, and also the first point actually is like to put money aside so that you also have revenue, hopefully, when you're growing. So we talked about this like in the podcast and we talk on how much we pay ourselves that profit first methodology where essentially you take your profit and you split it in different areas like you know distributing dividends reinvesting in growth and then there's kind of like this rainy days saving vault phase. and so that that one this is when you you fill it up when things are going well when you're growing and so it's very important that you think about it when you're growing so that you put that money apart like how much money do we like what percentage of our revenue do we put in there so we have six months rainy day fund basically set aside six months operating costs so if we lost all money in coming in all revenue tomorrow our business could continue operating for six months we've filled it up pretty aggressively now that it's there i don't feel the need to top it up beyond that i think once you have it it's it's kind of that's enough yeah so that's the first thing you want to do so whatever it takes like how much you spend per month Multiply this by six, save this up when you're making money. First of all, that's going to be your own salary and then your staff, et cetera, depending on how big your business is, but it's quite important. And that's what's essentially going to give you margin for fixing stuff when things stagnate and all decline. And in that case, this is the most extreme scenario. It's like you're making no money at all, which is rarely the case. So actually you can last for, you know, you with this fund, we can't, it's most likely it would last for even like one or two years because if you have like a 20, 30% decline or something, you know, you can last a long time on this. That is the key thing, though. It's it buys you time, time to fix things, time to change things, time to time to adapt. The second thing is to do a SWOT analysis. I can't believe I put that because you're the one who forces us to do that in all the quarterly meetings. But I'm the one that put this in the notes because I think that's actually relevant in that case. <laughs> SWOT analysis, if you haven't gone to business school, it's a strength, weakness, opportunity, threat. And it, it, you should watch some YouTube videos on this. Like usually a 10 minutes is enough, but basically strength and opportunities work together and weakness and threats work together. But it's kind of like this matrix. I, it's good to have the webcam. I can do like the cross with my hands, you know, where you put one on each hand. By the way, we don't see each other, Mark and I, right now because of our amazing Thursday setup. So that's why I'm, I'm describing this to him. But anyway, you're able to put this... The strengths on one side and the opportunities. So the strengths is something that you'll be able to rely on. Weaknesses is essentially the, what you're not so good at. So for example, our video production is definitely a weakness right now. <laughs> the opportunity, they can be tied to weaknesses. So for example, the opportunity is why don't we hire a consultant? That would probably cost a hundred bucks and he would tell us how to set this up. And the threat is that income school just takes over our YouTube channel anyway. So that, that is essentially how you analyze that. But just by doing this, this stupid walk on this example, I can tell already that if we want to do video, 
it's not going to go that well for now. It's something that we need to keep working on. And if it was a strong point of our business, like right now, given the, the quality that we're putting in and all the stuff we need to still figure out, it would be a massive potential for decline at some point. And so doing the SWOT analysis allows you to do that and allows you to build that mental map of the areas to look after in order to avoid that decline the first time. Because that's the first thing you want to do is try to avoid that decline or plateau to start with. Yeah, so um, the, the important thing here is that it's an exercise which will enable you to identify and acknowledge threats which exist to your business. And once you've identified them, you can think about how to mitigate that, stop that from happening or what to do if it does happen kind of thing. So it really just the, 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 the fact that you're thinking about it and the, th- the fact that you're taking some preventative measures is already a good thing. Every business has threats, doesn't matter what you're doing. And if you can manage those correctly, then there's a, a much lower chance of a period of decline hitting you. Yeah. I would add my haircut to the weaknesses as well. So I'll work on that, guys. Anyway, the second thing, this SWOT analysis is very much a high-level thing. It's relying on your experience. It can rely on some numbers, but you can't put a number on like video production quality, for example. So this SWOT analysis is really good for this stuff that doesn't have proper tracking, but you can see in your business. The other side of things is to set up proper analytics. And I think that's uh, it's been a weakness for a very long time for us. I, would say, I wouldn't say we sorted yet, but we're much better. And it's something that I would say 99% of affiliates that are listening probably are absolutely terrible at. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to promote that guy again. Go check Measure School's YouTube channel. This guy is really good to learn analytics. Um, but what analytics allows you to do, again, is to see things coming. So the things you want to track, for example, is where does your traffic come from? Like, do you get a lot of traffic from search? Do you get tra- a lot of traffic from social, etc.? Okay, that's easy. That's just installing Google Analytics. I expect most of you guys have done it. However... Who has their goals set up in Google Analytics? Probably, I'm going to guess, 7 to 8% of people listening to this podcast. Or maybe I'm underestimating your audience. Like You can insult me on Twitter if I'm wrong. But anyway, tracking your goal, tracking affiliate link clicks, tracking e-commerce if you're selling stuff on your site, having campaign tracking on, let's say, like you're blasting on social media, you are doing paid advertising, even on guest posts, you can put the UTM tags. It's not going to affect your backlinks. That kind of stuff, knowing where your traffic that converts from is from. And also for uh, like for people who run funnels and long-term funnels, like understand long-term tracking, like you're selling a new product, but like maybe some leads came like six months ago. It's not really tracked in analytics anymore. Having this kind of like long-term tracking and knowing where people came from in the first place. So you get long-term return on investment on marketing. That's the kind of stuff that you want to set up. It, when times are, are good, like when you're not extinguishing five fires at the same time, because if you are already fighting for survival, that's the kind of stuff you just don't have that much time to do. So that's the kind of stuff you want to do right now. And other thing that you probably want to set up that actually we need to improve is just monthly reporting. Having monthly reports on your traffic, having monthly reports. We do it really well for affiliate tracking. So we see exactly where the money comes from for affiliates. We can tell which pages have made money, all that stuff. And overall, just when we do our quarterly meetings with Mark, we actually review all these numbers and it really allows us to see what's going on, what's not going well, what's been progressing, what's been declining. And to, in the first place, identify stagnation and decline, which is not easy, especially with, let's say you have 10 sites, like some go up, some go down. 
And actually, you might be declining on like eight out of 10, but one's really shooting up and kind of like an outlier that just flattens your whole line. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize that most of your business is going down. Well, that kind of stuff is going to help you. One additional thing here, which honestly, like 1% of authority site owners seem to do correctly is regular bookkeeping, where they have an accounting system like zero and they have a weekly updated profit and loss statement. Most people I know do it however often they need to annually or quarterly usually because that's how their accountant works. And like I can't really express just how much that changed for us when we moved to having a, a weekly setup because we're really able to see quite quickly how things were going, what the impact of certain things we were doing was and break down like where our revenue is coming, where our costs are coming for, are going to identify extra costs going out there that shouldn't be and really just get a handle on where we were at with things and understand kind of the end result, i.e. the money, what was happening with that. Because a lot of people, they spend forever setting up their Google Analytics and you know all this kind of tracking for that, but they never end up doing the same thing for the bookkeeping to figure out how much money when ultimately money is the, the, the end kind of metric, which you're, you're measured by not traffic. Yeah, I think uh, there was one guy that was like, what's the main metric you, you're looking at? And I was like, profit after tax, you know, that's the main SEO metric that people should be looking at. But it takes a bit of tracking to tie it back to rankings for keywords. Okay, so the last thing I would say people should do in times of growth is, I called it a tripod strategy. Basically, the idea is like, don't just stand on two legs, stand on three legs, stand on four legs, like just solidify your grip on what's doing well. I said like focus, but diversify. So I like the idea of like focusing on what is your core business, but diversifying the ways through which you achieve your core business. So for example, you have an affiliate site, you are doing reviews. And your reviews are doing well, but 98% of your reviews are Amazon. Do spend some time trying to make revenue off Amazon because the day Amazon decides to change their commissions again, you're not going to be the guy that loses 40% or whatever revenue because you, know, you only relied on Amazon. So you can maintain your focus on doing really good reviews and ranking on Google, doing all these things that you're doing really well. But by doing a bit of monetization research, you are able to diversify while focusing on what you're good at and reduce your risks of decline happening or drastic declines at least, or like you will lower them, you know? Same, if you're doing really well with ads, you're doing well with Mediavine or AdStrive or something, but all your traffic's coming from Pinterest. Same, not exactly super safe because Pinterest is like a social algorithm that actually does change more than Google's algorithm. Try to fix your SEO or try to get traffic from Facebook as well. Start a Facebook group, grow an email list. Do something that will allow you to get traffic from other sources so you can monetize with your ads still, do the same kind of content, but just reach people on other platforms. That's another way of doing this. Or if you are doing well selling products, try to diversify your traffic sources again. Try to not just get traffic from Facebook ads, but try to fix your SEO, try to get traffic from Pinterest. So these things kind of interlock together, but basically what you want is... Focus on the one thing that's making you money and achieve it through different ways that are kind of independent from each other. So if Pinterest changes, then Google is unlikely to, it's unlikely to affect Google and vice versa. And so that builds stability in your business, which avoids these sharp declines that are the deadliest for your business. The rest you can kind of recover, but this is not so good. I think it's very important not to kind of, when we use the word diversify, a lot of people think, okay, that, you know, I'm, I have this one site that's starting to do really well. So, oh, I need to start another site. 
in a different area because diversification and that makes a safer business, right? Well, my view is that when times are good, your primary focus should be on milking the thing which is going well. And you, you need to capitalize on that and, and really improve your efficiency with your ability to make money from whatever activity it is you're doing at the time. I've spoken to like quite a few other entrepreneurs about this and a really common theme among them is in terms of regrets, like from businesses they've run in the past, is that they didn't capitalize and, and really make a go of it when things were working and things were, were going well. So it, you just be careful when we say talk about diversification. It's still like focused on the one activity. Like I was like, keep writing reviews, keep doing money, making money with us, keep selling products, whatever it is that's working for you at this point. It's just like, just diversify the ways through which it happens so that you have more stability, basically. Because usually when you're growing really fast, it often happens from like one traffic source, one monetization method, and just one thing that's doing well, you know? And I think like just what need a little bit while maintaining the core focus, which is the main activity you're doing, really can give a lot more longevity to that kind of business rather than like being a quick burst of money and then just falling apart, which it happens very often. Okay, so that is basically what you should do when things are going well. Now we're going to go to times when things are like, stagnant. And honestly, stagnation happens so often. It's most of the time, I would say. I would say it's like at least like half of your time is going to be stagnation. It depends, really depends, but like a lot of people stagnate on a lot of things actually. And it's okay. It's fine. It's kind of feels like a grind. feels like another day at the office, basically. But usually the path to stagnation is bad analytics. It's usually not understanding why you went to this point and it's not happening anymore. Like the growth is not happening. What happened? If you haven't tracked that at this point, then it's very hard to just understand how you do it again, you know? And so that's when your analytics and fixing analytics comes in handy. Like, did your traffic decline? Did your click-through rate to your affiliate offers decline? Did the conversion rate of the affiliate clicks decline? Maybe Amazon conversion rate went from 9% to 6%. Did your earnings per click decline? Meaning that people less people just buy less items per click. What traffic source has changed? Like, do you have now more traffic from Pinterest and less from Google or vice versa, whatever it is? And I think these are cool and these are cool with analytics, but I think there's, there's also personal parts in this that are very, very frequently involved in stagnation which is like did you walk as much as you used to walk did you try as hard very frequent as well you start doing quite well your lifestyle just upgrades a bit you start enjoying your life you work less your business starts stagnating come on that happens pretty often as well and i see a lot of people in that situation when i go to all these entrepreneurial meetups etc you know it goes from the guy that just wanted job replacing income and just like chilling well then yeah you're not gonna grow as fast that's kind of the cost right and if you have employees, it, it might not be you. It might be some of your employees as well. Did some of your employees put less in the business than they did before? That's also like something that has happened to us before, where we had employees not put as much effort and we could feel the decline in like incoming links or the decline in quality of content. And, and that would be one of the causes of stagnation for parts of our business, you know? It's also, also very difficult with things like wherever it's hard to measure something, like to quantify it. So quality of content, how do you measure if that's declining or not? It's, it's very difficult. So you, you have to really be on the ball with that. Saying like how hard you work is very much soul searching more than like an analytics number, you know, because you can put in a lot of hours, but like half try. And so what? You, you logged a lot of hours, but that doesn't matter. 
not everything can be seen in analytics. It's something that I'm trying to, an idea I'm trying to push on a lot of people, but uh, it's very difficult for people who really love stats. Anyway, once you have identified a part of your business that hasn't been doing as well, decline or stagnated, and that could be a reason why you're stagnating, then I can't remember where I got this, this like five why game where you're like, oh, my traffic declined. Why? Because I didn't output enough content. Why? Because my writer got sick. I mean, or like, because I didn't queue enough keywords for the writer. Why? Oh, because I got busy with that side project. Why? Oh, because I'm actually kind of bored of my business right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can really keep going with this. And you, a lot of these things, once you've identified like a, a source, you can just do that. And then you're asking multiple times why will lead you back to the like uh, more deeper reasons why these things are happening. And what it's doing is it's pointing out what you need to work on, basically. And that's essentially part two. It's like once you've identified what's wrong... Uh, you need to start planning, basically. And, and essentially what you're doing is you're like, you're trying to get your way back to growth and you're not panicking. It's okay if you're stagnant, it, provided you're making enough money. It's not a problem. And, but there's really two ways to go about this. Number one is try to recover what the same parts that used to cause your growth. So let's say you were doing really well on organic traffic. You are growing really fast on SEO traffic. And that's what was creating the growth in your business. Well, you can try to fix that. Or the second area is like, you know what, it's like maybe getting more organic traffic in this niche where I'm at now is more and more difficult because now I'm competing against the biggest sites. It's not going to be so simple. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to push my conversion rate. If, if I keep the same traffic, but I can convert twice more people, I make twice more money. Here's growth, you know? So there's kind of like two paths to go with that. It's like one, fix what's broken, fix what used to work and doesn't work anymore. And the other one is, well, actually refocus on another area of your business, accept where you're at right now on the rest and just push an area that's kind of like a low-hanging fruit that converts. I think there's also a kind of mentality point behind this, especially with something like SEO. A lot of the feedback loop from when you take an action to when you see a result can be quite a long, long period of time. It's kind of like a freight train it takes ages to get going. But once it's going, it's like fast and powerful kind of things. At times, you do need to have a little bit of faith that you're doing what needs to be done and you're you're kind of moving in the direction and you just need to wait it out until the enough time has passed that you build up the momentum in like say link building or something that, that you're doing. Yeah. I think we're gonna talk about this after, but basically you should give at least a time frame of like three to six months to allow your effort. It seems long, but it's not very long in, in business time. And if you tried for two weeks and it doesn't work, it just means you haven't seen it yet. And if you only try for two weeks and stop, you will basically see nothing in terms of growth. And then you feel like nothing's working. And that's when you get stuck into that stagnation phase, basically. So once you've done the planning, so basically you can either fix what's broken. So like maybe you need to hire people. You need to change the way you're creating content. Maybe the way you're creating content now doesn't really match what the market wants right now. Maybe the types of reviews that rank on Google use a different format and you kept using your old format, that kind of stuff. Basically, that's fixing that's broken. Pushing another area, as I said, is like maybe work on conversion rate. Maybe you were doing, still doing director link building and that's not really working anymore for your site. So again, you want to push something else. You want to push, I don't know, like the conversion rate, etc. Then once you have these, you need to execute. And so, as I said just now, you need to basically give at least three months to yourself before you review any kind of effort. So we do these quarterly plannings. That's usually when we review and set goals for us. And... 
yeah, it's like stagnation can be something that's difficult to deal with when you had high growth and you were like, you know, it's kind of like the people who bought Bitcoins and hope to like send Lambos to the moon, you know, that never really happened. I'm not saying anything is growing again, but you know, it didn't happen yet. And eventually when, even when you, their Bitcoins went at like, at still was like 10 grands and they bought at 500, which is an amazing investment, they still don't feel very good. So don't let emotion overtake you. And when you're stagnating, it's still a good time to fix your analytics, by the way. So if you haven't done that, you can't really identify the causes. So it's a good time to still look at that if you're in that, in that phase. We're going to add something new in the podcast today. Today, I'm actually going to do a quick free webinar plug. So I know a lot of people uh, might have seen it in this podcast, but we actually have a free training that's like, I think it's quite long. I think it's like an hour and a half of training where I show people literally step-by-step step how to start one a new authority site. And at the end, we will make you an offer for one of our courses, but the webinar itself is highly valuable. So you can go and check it out just on our homepage, go on notoryhacker.com. There will be a button. Click on that button to register for the free training and uh, you'll see us in there. So just wanted to remind people who are listening. Thanks for that. And now let's jump onto the declining phase. And I'll let you talk about that because I'm too emotional to talk about it. When this happens, and it will happen to you at some point if you stay in business long enough, the first and foremost, first thing really is don't panic. Naturally, you'll want to, you might freak out and, and start trying to make a bunch of rash decisions and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But that's not the best way to get out of this situation. The best way is to use logic and reason and, and think through things, take your time, and that will give you the best possible chance of avoiding any negative effects of, of where you're at right now. Of course, when times are good, we said this earlier, when times are good, it's easier to be inefficient with your business. So for example, as, as if you're growing, then you're spending a lot of money on software tools and you don't bother canceling them yeah. or you're hiring very expensive people and you know expensive offices all these kinds of things we've done all of this before it is very very easy to be inefficient when times are good but then when times are bad you stop growing and even your revenue starts shrinking then that is a very 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 good time to actually go through and try and make your business more efficient by cutting these costs don't worry, everyone goes through this. It's a, it's a fact of life. If worse comes to worse, you may have to fire some people. You might have to make some difficult decisions. But ultimately, the successful business owners are people who can and do what's necessary for the business to, to survive and to later thrive in the long term. So there are a few things to, to consider here. First is that you should plan for this happening. As I said, this will happen to you at some point. You will hit a period of decline if you're in business long enough. And the best thing you can do right now to prepare for that is create a six-month or however long you want emergency fund that's just going to sit there. And if there's anything bad happens, you can you sort of have this money saved so that you can weather the storm, so to speak. One really important thing with this is to and this applies anytime during your business, is to plan your salary costs, which are likely to be the most expensive costs you incur as a business. Plan those with the understanding that your business will go up and will go down. So don't go offering crazy amounts of money to try and attract top talent for away from your competitors, only to find that six months, 12 months later, you suddenly can't afford them. That's a really, really dangerous mistake. And, you know, you're playing with people's livelihoods and, and all this kind of stuff. So just be a little bit careful with that. Of course, you want to 
when times are bad, you want to cut costs. Uh, that's by far the easiest way to get back to more profit. If your revenue declines, but your costs decline further, then your profit grows. Nobody does this, but you should do this. Make a point of doing this regularly, especially if, if times are tough. Go through PayPal and your credit card statements. Cut all the necessary software subscriptions, tools, all these kind of things which you or your co-founder has signed up from AppSumo or, or wherever else. AppSumo is never recurring, FYI. Right, okay. Well, so that's <laughs> not to say that you haven't signed up for a fair amount of recurring things, forgotten to cancel them, and then oh, yeah, you get yeah, hit yeah. by the yearly payment, and then I message you, hey, why didn't you cancel this? And you're like, oops. So, but I digress. The other thing with these costs is it's very easy to, to add them on. But it's, oh, it's only 50 bucks a month. Don't think in terms of monthly costs, think in terms of annual costs. 50 bucks a month might not seem like much, but $600 a year, suddenly that's like more of, a, of an impact on your bottom line, right? The same is true with salaries as well. Don't think in terms of how much is this person costing me per month. Think of how much is this person costing me per year. And those numbers will really make you kind of a, a lot, lot more careful. We had this conversation with, with one of our team lately where we were talking about the cost per word of a writer and it's like, oh, it's only uh, one cent per word more or something like that. Um, it's like, well, yeah, we're, we're getting 100,000 words done. So that's $10,000 extra. So yeah, just something to, to think about there um, as, as, as well. I hope I got my math right correctly on that one, by the way. Yeah. Another thing I want to add to this is if you're doing side projects, if you are doing you know, you've never done social media and you're like, you launched an initiative to grow social media, that kind of stuff. But your, your core business is like making money from affiliate reviews. So your core business is selling courses on your site or whatever it is. It's not the time to do these things. This is another way to cut unnecessary expenses. You cut all the side projects. If you start on the site, etc. it's not the time. The time is to actually focus on what's making money, fixing it, reducing the cost, doing what Mark said, and also cutting all these other things. So that's, that's what I wanted to say with this point. And another thing I wanted to say as well is when you're falling really low, you also have to consider one thing is that it's kind of like this pivot of perse or persevere from like the lean startup. Sometimes it would make more sense to jump off a sinking ship and start a new one. And then like the amount of effort that it will take to fix a sinking one, it depends how far you're falling. If you're falling 20%, on a like even on like a mid five figure month type business, it's not worth it. But if you're falling really, really low. Like for example, in our case, health ambition was one of these, you know? It we stopped working on this before that, but looking at how much it went down, I'm like, you know what? I can start a site and make more money in the time it would take me to fix this site anyway. So why would I do that? And I think the kind of stuff that you need to think about, provided you've run several rounds of trying to fix things and it didn't work out then there's no shame in doing that kind of stuff. Just don't be that guy that does it every time something goes down for two weeks, you know? But don't also be that guy that just like stays on the ship until you're like under the iceberg, you know? So it's something to consider as well. What do you think about this pivot, pivot and persevere, Mark? I agree a lot. Like one of the biggest things I, I say to uh, beginners to avoid is this concept of shiny object syndrome, which is basically trying to pivot too quickly before you've really something's had a chance to to stick and really to understand if it's if it's working or not all the people who quit doing what they were doing to become bitcoin investors in 2017 you know classic example here so 
yeah, just just be a little bit careful about that, especially if you have like a, an established business already. Most likely you, you can fix it. Most likely it's going to be more worthwhile to double down and then try and fix it rather than start something completely, completely uh, new. Not always, but but most often it will. Yeah, it's like it's most likely that you should fix it. But there's, don't be that guy that, that also tries to fix something that's been completely broken from day one and it's very difficult to fix. Like if it's going to take you two years to fix it. And, and the other thing is like you, you have to be careful because often your business beca- can become like a really core part of your identity. You can become, you know, the authority hacker guy or, you know, insert the name of your, your business. Like it's okay to change. It's okay to do something completely different. If what you're doing is just not working, you can, you can just stop and, and do something else. That's, you're allowed to do that. So you don't need anyone's permission. Okay, well, I guess that is it for this podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm not exactly sure we're going to do the video footage, so if you're watching, hi, everyone. And if you are just listening to the audio, don't forget to subscribe. We are on iTunes, we're on Google Podcasts, we are on SoundCloud, on Spotify, pretty much any platform. And if you really like this episode, drop us a review on any of these platforms as well. It just helps us reach more people. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.